to episode four, Dal's War Room. Thanks for joining us. We're here with Eric Burdett. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. How are you? Good, man. Good. So, what are we going to talk about today? Our topic is going to be the hourglass and kind of living life to your fullest. And it's something that's been super important to me, and it's something I kind of live my life by. And when you go through life, a lot of times we just go through the motions, and we're going through life, and we kind of get ourselves in this, in these, stuck in these situations, and get stuck in these ruts and these patterns. And a lot of times we call it just that, just going through the motions. And one of the things that's important to understand is we we kind of have to break that cycle and break ourselves out of these patterns. I think it was episode two, we talked about the 98 percenters and, and programming and that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of different programming things that you know we want to talk about today as well. But basically, to, to start it off is this, is, is you got to come to an understanding. And I have an understanding that I almost envision an hourglass in front of me with sand running out of it. And, and what does that basically entail for me? It, it means basically when you look at your life and how much you have left to live, I look at the time as the sand. So when you see this hourglass and it's running out, and obviously it's longer than an hour, but it's, you, you get the point of what I'm saying. But when the sand starts running out of your glass, and this is what you have to look at, the reality is this. When people start watching this podcast, by the time we're done this, you know, we're going to talk for whatever, 45 minutes or an hour today. By the time we're done, everybody listening to this is going to be 45 minutes to an hour closer to dying than they were when they first hit play. Okay. And that's something, not in a morbid way, but that's something that lives inside of me. And understanding is like, what are we going to do with our time? Like, what are we doing with the one life that we get to live? And what ruts are we stuck in? What patterns do we have that we're, that we're, we're sitting on? So this is the thing that's, you know, it, it's something that I, I speak about a lot. I talk about a lot because I think it's something that if people can get in touch with that, like I have, it's going to go a long way and it's going to help you succeed and help you start doing things the right way. And some big examples of that, I mean, basically are, I guess I'll go here first. My biggest fear is getting to a point in my life hopefully it's 90, right? Um, <laughs> 70, 80, whatever. Getting to a point in my life where I'm not as mobile as I used to be and you know, maybe start to a point where you can't do the things that you used to do or wish you could do. You talk to so many people, older people, who say, man, if I could go back, I would do it all differently or I'd do this differently. As, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd talk to the girl, I'd take the plant, I'd, I'd take the opportunity. I mean, all the different things that people say that they would go back and do. Spend time with your family. Absolutely. Spend more time with the family. You know, I mean, whatever. So many things. Take the risk. Take the jump. And that scares the shit out of me. Like, it scares the crap out of me. And it gives me goosebumps, and I got them right now. Because it literally, like, when you think about it, it's like, can you imagine being in that situation, knowing you had a whole life in front of you, and it's gone. Like it's, it's gone. You can't do anything about that. That time is gone. That sand is dwindled down. And can you imagine living with regret thinking, man, if I could go back, I'd do so much things differently. Because I think when you get to that older age, we're so worried about money and all these different things and things and stuff and, and all the things in our lives. And, you know, we spend how much time watching TV, which we're going to talk about in a second. And you spend all this time doing it. And it's like, you get to the end and it's like, does that shit even really matter? What really matters is, I mean, the time you have and the time you have with your family and all these things. And you, and you see so many examples of people saying, man, I'd do it differently or I would do more of what, you know, I, I was scared to do. I'd take the risks for me getting to that point and realizing that I should have done more or could have done more and not being able to is that's like ground zero for me. That's, that's like the ultimate fear. Mm-hmm. 
I don't fear anything more than I fear that. And it's good because I, I, you want to live your life by the fact that we have one life to live and it's here. And what are we doing with it? And when you go into things, so often we go into situations where it's like we're wasting our freaking time. And, and so much of what I'm trying to talk to people about and teach people about in, in our organization is the fact that, you know, we don't have time to piss around. No, we don't have time to do anything. You know, we got we I mean, we are running out of time. OK, the sand is running out of the glass and crazy part about it is we don't know how much sand we have left. Now, looking at me and you, we sure the hell hope that I you have a lot more sand left than I do. Sure hope so. But it's like, but you never know. No, you don't. I mean, you walk out of here, get hit by a bus. I mean, you don't know. We don't know. So imagine if you could envision for a second your hourglass of life. Can you imagine if you could actually see? Like you could actually see how much time you actually had left. 100%. How much sand is left in there and you can like watch it drain out. Do you think if you could actually see that, you know, think about what you do on a daily basis. Think about what some of your patterns and your habits are. Do you think if you actually seen the sand pouring out of your glass that you would do the things you do on a regular basis? Not all of them. Nope. No, not all of them. And I mean, let me ask you, me ask you a question. If you could see that you say you had seven days worth of sand left and you could see that and the sand's pouring out of your glass, would you watch TV on even one minute of any of those seven days? Not a chance. Not a chance. So if you wouldn't, would you play video games? No. No? So if, if you wouldn't watch TV, you wouldn't play video games, would you waste time scrolling on Facebook? No. What's the point? There's no point. You're dying. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm dying. I want to go adventure. and. Well, guess what, Eric? You're still dying. Yeah. We were dying since the day we were born. Since the day we were born, every second we get closer to dying. We are dying, all of us. This is what we do. And I don't mean that to sound morbid it, it, as much as it is, but it's like it's it's a reality. Everybody on here understands the fact that we are all dying. Yep. So whether you have seven days or seven years or 70 years, you're dying. I'm so sorry. what are you doing with the time? So if you're not going to watch TV for when you have seven days left to live, why would you watch TV if you had 70 days to live or 700 days to live? 70 years to live like why would you like what is the point then if there's no point in the short term then then what is the point and i want to dive into tv a little bit and games i ripped my tv off my wall and got rid of it um i think eight years ago i haven't owned a tv in eight years and here's why i have a grade eight education and i couldn't do school man like people see me at war i'm like i'm, I'm walking around i'm spring you you want me to sit down and pay attention to something if it bores the shit out of me there's no way it's going to happen like i can't do it so i like moving around and so the sapphire part of me which you're going to understand we're going to talk about gems here in a couple episodes but the personality kind of type that i have one of the types that i have is basically is what gets misdiagnosed nowadays is ADHD and ADD and all these things like that. In school, I was not going to sit there bored as hell and, and pay attention to school. Couldn't do it. If I was bored, get me out of here. But if I'm engaged and if I'm interested in something, I can sit there all day and go through it. That's easy. So it's just kind of having that understanding of what we need to kind of do. So when I look at going back to, to TV and these types of things, is like I would spend a lot of time sitting down, watching TV and going through TV and, and, and it kind of just mind numbs you, right? So when I got rid of my television, it was difficult, you know, and I never, I wasn't a guy who watched a whole shitload of TV. 
I didn't binge watch nothing. And I guess the only thing that really kind of, you know, and I was just involved in it as everybody else would get. Okay. People joke around, you know, right now, I mean, uh, people who know me, you know, are like, man, like you, have you seen Yellowstone? And I'm like, no, dude, I haven't seen Yellowstone. They're like, you got to see Yellowstone. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see Yellowstone for two reasons. One, Yellowstone is going to do nothing for my life. And two is I know damn well I'm going to get sucked into this thing and watch it. Because, again, I'm, I'm no different than anybody else. I can be entertained. Like, entertainment can catch me. We're joking around with Skylar and, and Jaylene's daughter and our daughter. And, and shit, like we're, she's watching the... Um, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, the hospital show. And we were, I think we're at, uh, when I had the house on the island. You were hooked. Yeah, man. We're sitting there. We're, we went down for training. We're sitting in, at the island house. And like she's just watching this on TV. And I sat down. I started watching it for a second. Well, I mean, we went to, I don't know, what was it? Seven, eight episodes straight. Mm-hmm. And I'm hooked on this stupid doctor show, right? I'm just like, so I'm the same. I'll get, I mean, if I, if I put myself in that environment, like I'm in it. But I believe that you have to put yourself in an environment to succeed. Me sitting in front of a television isn't putting me in an environment to succeed. So I have to remove myself from the environment. Well, I'm not going to remove myself from the house. I'm going to remove the problem from the house. And that's the television. I'm out. Years ago, I watched, do you remember... Prison Break? Yep. So, again, I remember sitting down one time watching the first episode of Prison Break. Thankfully, the first season already came out. Now, I'm not the kind of guy also that this cliffhanger shit does not do it for me. Okay? That's not going to happen. Okay? I'm not going to sit here, watch the show, and end on a high note and wait a week or three days for the next one to come out. So, even when I would watch stuff, I would at least wait for the season to come out, and I'd watch it. I watched the first episode. Hook, line, and sinker, man. I'm in this. And I literally binge watched the entire season around the clock. And actually, I just started in Rainbow, and Jaylene was coming to pick me up. We were heading out to North Battleford, Saskatchewan, to do a training. And she picked me up at eight in the morning, and I hadn't slept because I watched Prison Break all night long. And then the second season went out, I watched the second season. So I think it was, I think they went to a third season. So I, I really binge watched the first two seasons in a matter of three days. Crazy. I was in it, deep in it. Okay. Now, again, I wasted, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 hours of my life watching this. You know what I remember today? Like nothing. I remember, I remember what the guy looked like. I remember he had like a, his brother went to jail. I remember he had like a the tattoo of the map of the prison on his body. And I remember kind of a couple of the guys, the characters, but I don't really remember the, like a whole lot about it. If I was to sit down and rewatch that, 90% of that I've forgotten. So the point of it is, what has this done for my life? Nothing. Nothing. How, how am I a better, more developed human being by watching this show? It took me a few months to not even remember the show. Right. Right. It played no value in my life. But how much sand did I give it? A lot. A lot of sand. Yeah. You know? So so the point of it is this, is we would binge watch these shows and we got the, we were watching people, you know, zombies eat people's faces and we're watching like Vikings attack villages and we're, I mean, shit, we got the show with the cameras in the house. We're watching a bunch of dorks run around the house like in Big Brother and we're, you know, we're just like, I mean, we have nothing better to do in our lives that they're going to take five dumbasses and throw them in a house and we're going to sit there and like watch them hang off a shit for, to- like, what in the hell? Like, you know, it, it, it makes no sense. So what is wrong in our lives that we have to sit here and watch this? And I'm probably pissing some people off, but the thing you have to understand is what we're doing is we're talking to people who want more out of their life and want a better, a better shot and want to change. Most of the people that come on here, 
Same thing as our people in our business. Not everybody in our business comes on to, to War Room. Some people can't handle it. They, they don't, you know, they don't want to hear it. Okay. They have their excuses. They have the reasons, but, but we're looking for people who want to make a difference, who want to change, who want to succeed in business, who want to um, get out of the norm, break the 98% thing, get into the 2% and just do better. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I'm talking to. And what I know is the shows that you're watching aren't benefiting your life. They aren't doing anything. You're just giving them sand. Now, again, what is it? It's marketing. Yep. It's marketing. It's 2% of the population controlling 98% of the population with freaking entertainment. Mm-hmm. We're paying for it every month and we're sitting there spending our life staring at this TV, paying to stare at this TV. Well, there's people who made the TV. There's people who made the films, the shows. They make these things as entertaining as they can. And why these cliffhangers are so intense, right? It's like like it, it latches on. And like at the end of the show, it's like they got to have that intensity to get you to come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they just ended a show on some boring-ass note, then you're kind of like, well, who cares? But you got to end it on this crazy thing where you're just like you're craving more. It's marketing. Yep. Okay. And they also can't let you sit too long. They can't let that episode go three weeks or four weeks. They got to do it within a week or a few days to give you that next episode to keep you going. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're keeping your mind occupied in there. So when you look at it all, it's not benefiting your life. It's not helping you in any way. You're just doing it to try and escape from reality and live somebody else's life. Absolutely. hundred percent. You're just trying to get, you know, stuck into those things. So what happens is when you look at when you go outside of, you know, so again, you, you remove the, the addiction. And, and the crazy part about it is, is it is an addiction. Yeah. It really is. And I remember when I quit smoking, it was hard. And I finally had enough. I just quit 2009, Valentine's Day. I remember the day. Did you want to quit? No, I did not want to quit. Again, this is the thing. Everybody's like, oh, you got to want to quit to quit. No, you don't. I love smoking. I did. I just couldn't do it anymore. It was, it was draining me out. I remember the like this was my p- kind of pathetic smoking moment. I had strep throat. I was in one of the most stressful times of my life while running a union. And we, I had strep throat and I was like literally like coughing up blood. It's 30 below. I'm at the mill and I'm standing outside. And I went to the store before I got to work and I bought the like literally the lightest menthol cigarettes you could find. You ever smoke at all? No. No. Okay. So the point is like when you're sick, you get menthol cigarettes. It feels better. I don't know. So I got these light, super light, ultra light menthol cigarettes and I'm standing outside and it's 40, 30 below. Yeah. And I'm trying, I light this stupid thing on fire and I'm trying to inhale the smallest little bit of smoke that I possibly could. And so it doesn't affect your lungs. So it doesn't hit my, and of course it hits my lungs and I start hacking and I literally coughed up a blood ball and spit it out on the ground and at that moment, I'm looking at me, I'm looking at this cigarette, and I'm going, I just had this, I'm like, what in the hell am I doing? Like, how stupid is this? Your body's literally telling you. Yeah, like, come on, Dallas. What? You, like, you know, so I put this damn thing out, stomped on it, and honestly, it was the last one I ever had. And, and that was 2009. So I quit. And guess what? I mean, it sucked. It, it was hard. I went through withdrawals. I went through all these kinds of things. It was sucked. After, you know, after a week, it got a little bit easier. After two weeks, and then... You go through these little things, and now every once in a while, I get these weird little twitches once a year where I crave a cigarette. But aside from that, I mean, after the first couple weeks, ago, so the TV was the same thing. I had a panic attack about getting rid of it. I was like, should I get rid of it? Maybe I should. Maybe I, maybe I just won't turn it on. I started talking to myself about how I was going to do less, but not get rid of it. And every time I would talk myself into doing less of it, it nothing, it never, less never got done. So I just, I grab it, it's out, it's gone, sold it, see ya. It's out of the house. And it was kind of a panic thing. 
And it was even weird for a little while, and it's even weird for people now who come to my house. And and I mean, I remember Andy came to our, my my house in Calgary, and and he's like, "This is weird." He's like, "It's like it's like it's hard to be here without a TV." He's like, "I don't even understand." Like it's like it's just, it just everything feels so empty. It was stressing him out. It was stressing him out. He's stressing out about me not having a TV. So well, it is, makes a living room honestly look weird. It does. So you take a big picture and cover up the hole to cover up the fireplace, you know, where the TV hole is. You got a big picture there. And, and, but people come and they look around, they're like, man, something's missing. That's how dialed into it we are and how affected by it we are. So it's gone, it's out of the house. And you know what? It was hard, it was weird. And it was like, it was difficult. Even the first time, I mean, you almost go to grab the remote, you're like, holy shit, yeah, I don't have a TV. And you go through like that withdrawal period. But guess what? It's just like smoking. Once I was over it, holy shit, I couldn't believe I ever did it. I'm glad I quit. I couldn't believe I enjoyed it. Like, I mean, who was the first guy or girl? Who took a bunch of dead grass, rolled it up into a like into a tube, put it into their mouth, lit it on fire, and decided the best thing to do would be to inhale that. Like who did that? I have no and idea. Why? Like that makes no damn sense, right? So anyway, no. that's us I know. But anyway, so so anyway, so as much as like I couldn't believe I ever smoked, I couldn't believe I ever had a TV. Because once the addiction's gone, life gets better. You don't realize what you're missing. What you're missing. You don't realize what you're going through when the addiction's there. And it is an addiction. Mm-hmm. And I got rid of it. And I would never, ever, ever go back. So obviously coughing up a blood or coughing up like blood out of your lungs and stuff like that was like your tipping moment for quitting cigarettes. Yeah. What was it for for your TV? Um, you know what, honestly, it was, it was just, it was just a fundamental understanding that I was wasting my life. It was the sand in the hourglass. It was just realizing how stupid it was to, to be spending all this time doing this, this mind numbing stuff. Once I, I mean, I was already into rainbow and started to like really started to self develop myself. And I really started getting to a point where I started, you know, again, really focusing on people Mm -hmm. and watching people and starting to learn, trying to learn as much as I could about people and habits and situations and all these things. And I knew that once I was in the rainbow, I was going to end up in in leadership. I knew I was going to move to the top. I wanted to be a better leader. You know, so I was trying to find just coming up with ways and and thinking of like, what is the difference between me where I was and me where I want to be and where I am? And once I kind of got to the point where I I realized what I wanted to, to do and to be. And once I started to develop myself out of that, I kind of started looking at like old me versus new me and what were some of the differences and what wasn't I doing? So I just kind of paid attention to things and realized like, man, like we're looking at this TV. It's like, like this does nothing good for anybody. This is like the, this is a a 98% mentality. So that was kind of the thing. It was just the fact of understanding how much sand was getting wasted on it. And it was gone. When I went to my divorce, uh, my my ex-wife loved TV. And I went to my divorce and that was my time. I was like, you know what? This is the perfect time to get rid of it. And I got rid of it and I sold it when I moved out and and never bought one since. It was done. And so it was just kind of like, I'm going to start a new life and I'm going to start a new life in the right way. So, and obviously also like addictions are hard no matter what addiction it is, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things like you would suggest to people to, you know, try or to help get out of that basically? Like what to do instead? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing is this, right? I mean, there's so many different things. So the, I'm huge on self-development. I'm huge at, you know, one of the things that's so powerful that I, I heard a little while ago and it, and it, man, it just affected me. Like I heard it on Facebook. I don't remember who the heck it was, but this guy was basically talking about, he's like, you know, it's not making a million dollars. That's the hard part. It's developing yourself into the person you need to become in order to make a million dollars. 
And when you hear that, I mean, that was one of the most powerful thing I've heard in the last few years. And in our business in Rainbow, it's not difficult. To, it's actually not difficult to make a million dollars in Rainbow. No. But you have to, you can't just come in off the street and make a million dollars in Rainbow. Like it, it's, you have to develop yourself. You have to learn. You have to grow. So in every business, you can make a million dollars. Yeah. If you sell something and you sell a product of value to people, yep. it's unlimited what you can make. So JD, one of our guys that are distributors on the island, his dad, Jim, like self-made multimillionaire, beautiful story. He's like, when you sell something, your potential is unlimited. And there's so much power in that. So again, it's not making the money that's the hard part. It's changing yourself into the person you need to become to make that money. And it was it is so powerful and it's so true. So that's what we have to kind of really, really understand and focus on. So to me, it was about developing myself. So again, whether whether, whether I'm listening to training seminars, I'm taking self-development stuff, I'm listening to motivation. I mean, sometimes you can say, okay, you know, some documentaries, if it's something you're interested in, you want to kind of, you know, you can learn a lot through some of that stuff. But more often than not, it's just if if it's if you're talking about the entertainment end of it. It's, it's self-development, motivation, seminars, things that are learning and finding that interest to help me grow and to learn, listening to podcasts, things like War Room to help you go. We get, you know, we, we've just been early on with these, you know, a few episodes in and we're getting a lot of feedback from people who are like, man, this is amazing stuff, right? This is the kind of shit you listen to when you want to grow and develop yourself. But outside of that, I mean, man, spend time with your kids. Mm-hmm. Spend time with your spouse. Yeah. I mean, go outside, go for a walk. Like, I mean, it sounds stupid. Dance in the rain, like live your life. Get away from the shit that's weighing you down and holding you down and start living life the way it was meant to be lived. Get out there and do it and, and, and start doing the things that, that people used to do, but we just don't do it anymore. You know where we see that now? Hmm. In movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it right? funny? It's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's like they show you that like you'll be sitting there watching a TV showing you what you're supposed to be doing. And it's crazy, right? So th- that's the part of it that really just is you just have to find the right things to advance your life. That's really the, the point of it is this find things. I mean, Jalen always taught us basically is, is what I'm doing right now making me money. Mm-hmm. So ask yourself, is it making me money? Is it building me as a person? Is it strengthening my relationships? Like what are some of the things that I can do every day to work on in those fields? Work on myself, work on finances, I'm making money, work on relationships, you know, whether your kids, your spouse uh, and things like that. So replace the mind numbing entertainment with learning and loving to some capacity. The thing that kind of brings it to head is, I mean, and you got to kind of sometimes look at what successful people do. So when you look at people in the world who are successful, now you can go like billionaire successful. You can even go millionaire successful. You know, you can only go to people who got hundreds of thousands of dollars who are business or thing. I mean, how many of them do you know? How many really successful people do you know? Or do you think spend the weekend binge watching zombies eat people's faces they don't they don't so if you want what successful people have you got to start doing the things that successful people do right so that's kind of the thing that's important to really understand is is you have to when you look at the people who have the things that you want or have the life you want or you want to be successful is you got to start taking on the habits of what successful people do right you know and and so you know there's lots of examples of that and i think it's something that's really important to just just to really get into touch with and think about like, is this something that someone's successful would be doing? So again, TV, getting it out, the video games, all that stuff, but it's not helping you grow. It's not helping you learn. Yeah. Right. I mean, the person's like, Oh yeah, it does. One day I'm going to be a, 
you know, famous YouTuber. Okay. Has it happened? Yes. Is there, a, what are the chances of that happening? YouTubers that make millions of dollars, some do, mm-hmm. but what's the population, you know, what's the population of the world with the percentage of that? Yep. Right. But wherever it is, I mean, to be successful, you have to put yourself in a situation to do what successful people do. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause, um, I can't remember where I heard it, but it was said one time and it was basically what it was about was like the manufacturers, um, and the advertising companies for like Lamborghini, mm-hmm. they don't do any advertising on TV True. because they know that the people buying Lamborghinis are not watching, <laughs> are TV. watching TV. So they're going right? to waste their money without advertising. A hundred percent. And there you go. And that's a perfect analogy right there to, you know, and you always bring everything back to cars, right? Yeah. <laughs> car salesman, right. But, but no, but that's a, that's a powerful thing. Yeah. You don't see those because yeah, the people they're marketing to, mm-hmm. they're not sitting there watching TV, nope. you know, and, and you see that I think in a lot of really high end products, people understand that. Yeah. Their, their market isn't, isn't there. Yep. 100%. So, so those are things that we got to kind of look at and, and, and really understand. So to me, it's like, you know, do more stuff with, you know, with um, with self-development, learning, growing and things like that. So the last part of this basically is I had a, somebody I look up to greatly who, um, who was a, a legend in direct sales. And he said to me one time, he said in a speech he was given to a few of us, and he said something really important that stuck with me. And he said... And I mean, and let me set this up. Sometimes you get people, and I mean, and, I, and I'll use Rainbow as our example, okay, and, and business in general. But look at you know from our perspective is sometimes we get people who go out and do thirty demos, thirty shows, you know, thirty sales calls in a month, and don't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden, you'll see people who do four, and those people are all of a sudden like, man, I'm working my ass off, and they're maybe not seeing the results, or you know, making a couple sales a month. But in their heads, are like, I'm working my ass off. And when I started hearing this a few times years ago, I started thinking like, man, what is the difference? I mean, you know, I had a girl, Naomi, who would go out and do 40 demos every single month. Still does. And she would come into the office and be like, man, like, I feel like I'm not even working. I remember thinking, how the hell does somebody go and do 40 sh- you know, sales calls in a, in a month, feel like she's not working, and somebody goes out and does four, tells me they're working their asses off so i started looking at that and i said okay like something there's I, mean, I was interested in that i'm like okay what is like what's the deal here so i started watching the people who did less who got less results and started watching the people who got more results and there was a big fundamental difference in what they do and what i realized when this individual said this to me it just it just melted those two things together and he said you can't, you got to be careful not to confuse activity with accomplishment. And there's very, those two words are very, very different activity running around, you know, there's, there's, you're active, there's a lot of stuff going on, but are you accomplishing anything? And I took that in sales into a situation to really kind of teach. And what I found is the people who were less productive in the field had a shitload of activity going on. And the people who were more productive in the field had a lot less activity and a lot more accomplishment. So some examples of that, I mean, in, in rainbow are things like talking on the phone, always running around, I mean, squirreling different things. I mean, look at a lot of times, you know, we get people and again, going to the Sapphire thing, which we're going to learn about, but like you come home from your house and you have every intention to clean your house. Okay. Today's the day I'm going to clean my house. You wake up in the morning and, and you kind of start cleaning and you go down and you start, you know, cleaning up a couple things. And all of a sudden you look down like, Oh, look, Photo album. You start sitting there for a little minute. You start kind of flipping through the photo album. 
okay? And then all of a sudden it reminds you about, you know, this cousin you haven't talked to in a while. So you get on the phone, you start talking to your cousin for a little bit. You're walking around, you're kind of doing some things. And then you you look and it's like, you know, oh, and you, you get off the phone with your cousin after an hour. And then you go and you're fluffing the pillows. And I should wash these pillowcases. So you go and you start doing laundry. And then you kind of, you see something else. And you can distract yourself throughout the entire day. The phone rings, you know, this happens. I want to watch my show, you know. And what you realize is, is the, the day that you spent, that you set aside to clean your house... You got distracted all the way along the entire way. And at the end of the day, you felt like you've been doing shit all day long, but you never got anything accomplished. Your house never got cleaned. And it's confusing activity with accomplishments. So a lot of times in Rainbow and a lot of times in sales, spending a lot of time on the phone with our dealers, with our people, and you're doing a whole bunch of filler stuff. You know, we're going to make a spreadsheet. You know, I'm going to make a spreadsheet for my spreadsheet for my spreadsheets. And I'm going to, you know, make all these lists. I'm going to do these things. And, I'm going to, and it's like, you're, you're doing all these things, but is it making you money? Are you accomplishing anything? Are you really getting shit done? Because where you get stuff done is on the sales call, right? You get stuff done with the customer. That's where the, that's where the accomplishment comes in. You know, doing a training class with your new representatives, making calls. You know, if you're in a marketing-based sales business, you want to make calls, right? I mean, those types of things are training, calling, and being out in the field are making money. They're accomplishing something. And even though you do have to talk to your team and there's some things you have to do, but so many people waste so much time doing all this little shit that doesn't even really matter. <laughs> Coming to the office, but you're bullshitting with this person, you're bullshitting with that person, you're talking here, you're talking there. You order lunch, you're having a, you know, I mean, and then you go and you kind of do a couple of things and then this person comes in, you're talking to that person and next, you know, and so at the end of the day, you're like, man, I had a full day and you didn't get a damn thing done. Mm -hmm. Or do you go in and you close the door in your office behind you, close out what's happening out there and you sit down and you grind through the calls, you grind through the training, whatever you do, you, and you get out in the field, you don't come to the office, I'm going to go in the field, and you start putting yourself into the situation where you're working. Marketing is a good example. Yeah. Okay. Marketing is a huge example. We're going to sit down and call. And a lot of times, you know, sit down, we're going to make some phone calls. We're going to book up some shows. Okay. You sit down, you start going, and it's like, okay, you get your coffee and you get all your stuff and you're all ready to go and you're sitting down here. And then you start kind of going through, you turn the computer on. And you catch an ad, so you kind of start looking through the ad a little bit, kind of thing. Oh, let's see what's on Facebook. I got a notification pop up. I'm going to talk to that person, kind of thing. And oh, look, you know, you know, advertising for this. Ooh, I wonder if that's on Amazon. And you start going on Amazon. You start doing your stuff. Okay, shit. No, I got to get back on track. Amazon tab stays open. You go down and you start opening up your your program. You start going through, and yeah, you know, you're going to flip through a few and see this. And oh, I you know I noticed there's you know you start looking at other things in the software, and you know you get in there, you start opening. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make a couple calls. So you make maybe make a phone call too. Nobody answers. Whatever. You're entering some notes in. You kind of score a little bit. Then it's like, you know, go back to Amazon, the phone rings, oh, I'm going to text, see what's happening for supper, you know, and, you, and you're going to walk around, see, oh, someone just came into the office, going to go say hi, you know, you come back down, you're going to make a few more calls, and, you know, there's so many things that distract you, and you're active, but you're not accomplishing shit, mm -hmm. and, but if you come in, and you hold yourself accountable, and you close the door, and you sit down, and you don't open the Amazon thing, you don't squirrel away from it, and you open up that program and you hammer those calls away and you do nothing but call after call after call after call after call because you came down to the office to set yourself up to be successful. But all the things that distract you along the way, okay, prevented you from being, you know, and, and that's the difference basically in activity and accomplishment. So it's the same kind of thing as if you start to remove the distractions. I had a gentleman come in here the other day and in our program, and he's like, man, like I just, it was the same kind of thing. He's like, I just, I'm like, what are you struggling with? And he's like, 
Dallas, man, like I sit down and it's like I start worrying about like when was the last person time this person was called? And when was the last I mean, now I got, if I got a presentation in, in Edmonton, how do I gonna get the shirt parked? I gotta get down to Calgary, like I just you know, I worry about the time in between and and like I don't know if, if this person was called three days ago, should I call him now? Do I not call him? And he he he's over analyzing everything. And I said, dude, look, I I went to our program and, and I eliminated all I, I gave him a bunch of older, older leads. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if you if you filter these out and you type in Edmonton. If you want to do demos in Edmonton, you filter all, all the new stuff. You type in Edmonton in our lead base, and all these presentations popped up on the screen that you didn't have to worry about anybody calling because no one's called them in a long time, so you can just hammer through them, and they're all in the same area. So now you just call, 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 call. You took the you took away the the distractions and the stuff that make your if you're a what we call an emerald a person who really is like you know again facts and figures numbers in your head type of a person. Okay, take away the things that that distract you, eliminate those things and allow yourself to be successful. And I, again, that's things like the television, that's things like, you know, what, what's in your home that distracts you throughout the day? What's what, what's at the office that's keeping you, you know, sometimes people need to put their Facebook accounts on pause, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and just really, if you don't have the self-control to to not be on that phone all the time and to, to not be watching TV, I mean, you're, everything that you're doing is hindering your chance to grow and to succeed and to be better. So when you're sitting down is we have to really look at the fact is, are we accomplishing anything? Like I said, is what we're doing right in this moment, making me money. Because if you sit down and you're in, you're in business and you're sitting down and you're wanting to succeed and you're looking down and you, if you ask yourself is what I'm doing right now, making me money is the answer is no. You seriously need to contemplate instantly changing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's vital that you do that because again, you could sit there and, and, and again, we, we do this. You sit down, you intend to do something, you get distracted by something. I mean, look at how many times every time you go down rabbit holes, mm-hmm. right? You go look for something, something pops up, you click on that. Next thing you know, you're you're going down a, a freaking two-hour rabbit hole on some stupid-ass thing mm-hmm. that doesn't even matter. And then all of a sudden, you can almost come out of that. You're like, whoa, what the heck just happened? It's almost like a trance you're in. Yeah. Well, if you if that – now you, now you look back and you say, okay, well, shit, I went to do this, and now, shit, I just wasted two hours. But if that temptation's gone – yeah then that can't happen. Right. So start taking away the temptations and the things that, that mind numb you and keep you stuck into, into that 98% mentality and, and ask yourself, is it making me money? Would successful people be doing what I'm doing right now and change that mentality and put yourself into a better spot and a better chance to succeed. So now talking about um, the hourglass, right? Uh-huh. Versus activity and accomplishment. Um, I kind of understand kind of where you're going with that, but like just for everybody listening, how would you kind of now explain how that ties in with that? So the hourglass with activity accomplishment, again, is, is wasting your time and what you're doing. Again, it's like when the sand's running out, ask yourself if I had seven days to live, would I be doing this right now? Right. And whether that's going down the Facebook, you know, thing, whether that's going down, you know, I mean, shit, look at the reels and all the stuff, the TikToks, man, how, how we can get stuck in that crap. TikTok is, yeah. Right. I don't have TikTok. There's a reason. Smart. Right? There's a reason for it. I don't know what I'm missing because I don't have TikTok and I don't care. I don't I don't want it. Yep. I see this stuff that pops up in some of the reels, man, and I can get stuck into those things. Holy crap. You know, but stay out of it. So again, is if the sand's running out, would you be doing it? If you could see the sand, would you be doing the same things you can today? So envision that. I see the I see the hourglass in front of me. I see it running out. I do envision it with lots of sand. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully there is. But but it's there and I see it. And so again, every time you get yourself caught into those things, you know, it's like it's like, do you need like the Facebook or do you need the timeline? Do you need the TV? Do you need the video games? Remove those things and focus on the fact that again, 
If you're accomplishing something, you're getting that value out of your life. But if you're just running around with activity, you're wasting it. So if you wouldn't do it if you were dying in seven days, don't diet, do it because you're dying in 70 years, 50 years, 40 years, 20 years, whatever it is. Okay, To embody that same thing and, and have that deep, hardcore understanding of how you need to get better and what you need to remove from your life. So Dallas, like, I'll be honest with you. I have a TV in my house, right? Yeah, of course. And, um, so there's been some days where like, I just like a heavy day, right? I come home, I just want to relax. And I honestly like sometimes just turn the TV on just to like unwind. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of like, not even like escape. It's just like my relaxing kind of hour before I go to bed or whatever I do. Right. Yeah. So what would you suggest? Like if I got rid of all my TVs in my house, right? Oh, we all know most people have more than one and yeah. we got rid of all these TVs. Um, what would you suggest as like your unwinding i mean this is the thing right so i mean again all i can do is speak for myself and what i do so for me there's lots of things that that i like to do to just kind of chill and relax and there's something to be said 100 about like powering down getting everything kind of back you know and just kind of letting the day go and do all those things is it what you're watching or is it the the physical act of unwinding and settling down because i can listen to td jakes i can listen to steve harvey i can listen to a lot of just motivational stuff have it playing while i'm just kind of unwinding whether you make a drink or whatever you do you know read a book i mean play some music there's so many ways to kind of let yourself kind of unwind but if you're listening to something inspirational something motivational something educational something learning based okay you're feeding your mind while you're still unwinding and, and going down if you listen to like motivational like videos you go on youtube and type in motivational video tons pop up there's shit everywhere yeah Play it. You come home, play it over your stereo system, put it on whatever, and just just let that go while you're kind of going around and you're listening to the Because you know how, is it easier to come home and unwind watching a zombie eat somebody's face? Or do you think it's easier to come home and unwind listening to some powerful, motivational, inspirational positivity? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and probably honestly easier. 100%. So, and then whatever it is that you like that you do, I mean, I mean, don't, because I mean, a lot of times if you're going to come home, you're going to unwind. I mean, you kick your feet up on the TV, you end up sitting there for what? For hours. Yeah. An hour, two hours. You watch an episode, a show is on, you know, Big Bang Theory. You used to love that show. Yeah. It's on there. Well, guess what? After that one's another one, then another one, then another one, then another one. Next thing you know, it's 10 o'clock at night and you're going, holy shit, where'd my night go? Yeah. So if you limit that time to actual unwinding time, because here's the thing is we got to get shit done. Yeah. Like if you want to be successful, I'm sorry, you're not going to sit on the couch for hours and, and be able to be successful. It's just nothing you're going to do. So take your time to unwind, find a different outlet, give yourself whatever you need. Give yourself a half an hour max to unwind and then get shit done. Get your shit together. You got stuff to do. There's things that have to get, even if it's not, okay, I'm going to sell it, but what's on my list that I can knock off right now? Right. What, what stresses can I remove from my life? People come home and they're stressed about the laundry. They're stressed about, you know, the basement's got to get cleaned up. They're stressed that the garage is a mess. They're stressed that their car is this. They're, they're stressed about all these things. And then to avoid all the stress, they sit down and watch TV for the rest of the night. So they forget about it. To try to forget about it. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, shit. And then they're like, okay, well, whatever. You know, oh, crap, I guess tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, the famous everlasting words of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, it's like, but but again, have your unwind period. I'm, I'm big on unwind periods. But it does, it's not going to be two, three, four hours. No. Okay. And again, I'm not saying you have to come home, sit down for half an hour, and start getting out there shoveling gravel. But there's things you can do. Yeah. There's things you can do around the house, pump some music and get some laundry done and do some things, hang out with the kids. I mean, like do some things as a family, play some games. I mean, have that connecting time. 
take your moment to unwind, but then get your shit done. Yeah. Because here's the thing that happens. I worked very physical jobs in the past. I've had jobs where I've been very physically demanding, heavy labor jobs. And I have never been more tired than I was in emotional and stressful times have always tired me out dramatically more than physical labor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I used to bargain collective agreements for a living. We were bargaining against a multi-million dollar company. And I would, like, I mean, the, the amount of stuff, I mean, man, my head for days was filled with all of this. I mean, and I was just completely exhausted beyond comprehension. When we were, when we were done bargaining, like, it was, it was like, man, like, the stress and the pressure and all the stuff that was on it, but it was like, it just exhausted me. There's days when I deal with people all day long. I'm just ready. To, I mean, holy man, it just drains you. So when you're stressed and the pressure's high and there's days, I mean, when you're, there's days, man, there's days that piles on. I mean, you see it around here, right? There's people, people coming, this is going, this happening. I mean, you know, we got eight offices. We're running all these things going on. We're trying to get this podcast together. I mean, I mean, we're running a, a, a you know, a, a shit of a ring, a $10, $12 million business here as well on top of, you know, on, on top of this. So it's crazy, and I'm always more mentally exhausted almost when I do less. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing is, is if you come home in that environment and there's laundry to do and the garage to clean and this happens and the dishes are piled up and the kids rooms and all these things like that. And you just go to your little corner cause you're mentally exhausted and you crash out on the couch and you just zone it all out for the night. You didn't solve a single problem because when you wake up, you have all the same problems again. That rest actually did nothing for you. It did absolutely nothing to help you gain because your list is still there. So you might have mind numbed yourself, but you didn't like you didn't fix the problem. So now if you go in and you and you for a half an hour and just unwind, get yourself to that point, have a shot, have a glass of wine, whatever it is that you do, have a coffee. Listen to your motivational shit. Get yourself in the right thing. Now, if you spent the next night going through and you got that laundry done, you got the dishes done, you you got the kids' rooms cleaned up, and you started knocking off some of those tasks, you went to the garage and started cleaning up some stuff, and you got some things accomplished, when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to feel more rested by doing that, that work and finishing those tasks than you would have sitting on the couch for three, four hours just watching TV. Because you have to rest your mind over resting your body. Your body needs to rest too, but you're going to get that. You're going to get the body rest at your six, eight hours, 10 hours of sleep at night or whatever people get. I function on four, five, some people do that, some people less, some people more, but you're going to get your body rest. But if your mind doesn't rest, nothing's good. Knock the shit off your list. Get shit done, right? Accomplish something and it's going to take your stresses away. You're going to feel so much better. You'll feel nine times better waking up tomorrow with everything knocked off your list than you ever will by having it all on your list and sleeping for the night. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you know, and, and in business, it's the same kind of way. It's like you have to, you have to knock shit off the list. You have to get things done to feel accomplished. The more stuff you can get knocked off your list and the lower the amount of stress and workload goes, the better you feel. So these are the things that have to, that have to happen to, to make people fully understand how to learn and grow in that capacity. So to go back we got to look at the time. We got to look at the hourglass and have a fundamental understanding that we are dying. There's so much power in that. We have to look at the fact, going back, and, and again, you know, ac- ac- accomplishment, you know, and, and activity, 
two very, very different things. Make sure we're getting shit done, getting shit knocked off our list, feeling better about things, putting ourselves in a situation to succeed, asking ourselves, is what I'm doing right now making me money? When we talk about removing the addictions from our from our life and, and focusing on things that matter and building yourself and remember, always remember, if you want to be successful, you have to do what successful people do and it's not making the money. In business, it's the hardest. It's putting yourself in the situation to allow yourself to grow and develop into the person that's going to make all that money and going to be successful. It's not making the million dollars. It's hard. It's developing yourself to become the person you need to become in order to make a million dollars. And that's episode four.